Where would I be? 
But the emphasis needs to be touching God spiritually. We need to pray through. And then my first point tonight is you're never going to touch him if you don't see your need of him. And that's what I see in that passage is that they saw their need. They wouldn't have come to Jesus if they thought they were doing fine. They knew they were sick. They knew that people in their house were sick. That's why they went out to Jesus. And we're never going to go to Jesus unless we see our need. You know, we're desperately in need of God. I've sensed the coldness in my life. I need to seek God. I've seen over time you get weary. You just, you go through the motion. You get busy with work, whatever it is. And you begin to lack that trusting and leaning upon God. You know, I need revival. We need revival as a church. And revival is not some mystical thing. You know, I believe Ravenhill said, Revival is deity localized. Revival is the presence of God in your Amen. life. And that's what we need. That's the If we're self-sufficient, spiritually speaking, or self-satisfied, or leaning on our own understanding, we're not going to see our need. We'll be self-sufficient. You know, Brother Trolley preaches about the aseity of God. You know, we don't possess that. We are dependent upon God. We're not self-sufficient. We don't have the ability to bring forth life. Only, you know, we are just as incapable as the Virgin Mary was of producing Christ. As we're we're incapable of producing Christ apart from God touching us. When Ravenhill said, "We cannot truly say Jesus is all we need until He is all that we have." And I used to wonder exactly what that meant because I have so many things, you know, but. You know, we can learn how to mimic Christianity. That's right. We can go through the motions. So we look spiritual, but inside there's no leaning upon Christ. You know, there's so many things we can lean, we can lean upon the music or whatever, whatever you have. You can lean upon something you established a long time ago, and you you no longer need Jesus. Right. You're doing it in the flesh. Right. You know, we can get to that place, but we don't need Jesus to continue doing what we're doing. We don't need Jesus just to continue going through the motions, to come to church. I don't need Jesus to do that. Religion, dead religion can do that. You need Jesus to have a Bible. Amen. We have so many other things that we lose sight. We lose sight of our need of Jesus. All the other things distract us and make us lose sight of our one need. And then apart from us touching God on a regular basis, we are spiritually anemic and weak and sick. You know, that's what we need to see. We need to see what we really are. If we're not consistently touching Jesus, we're dangerous, we're sick in the spirit. We're weak. We have no power. And then number two, the difficulty of getting out and touching Jesus. You know, it's going to be difficult. It's not easy. It's not always going to be easy to get out and go touch Jesus. If you're physically sick, you know, think about those people that were sick. You think they enjoyed having to get up and get out in the street, you know, where everybody's passing by. People might be stepping on them. Who knows what's happening? Dust in the air. You know, donkeys might be riding over top of them. I don't know what was happening, but they were desperate people. And if we're in the spirit, whatever whatever it takes, we've got to get out there and touch Jesus. And there's nothing the devil attacks more than prayer. And there's... There's Come nothing on. we need to emphasize more than Come prayer on, right. and touching God. Yes, 
I mean, it's going to be impossible to get to Jesus without self-denial. And that was something Brother Rick spoke about. You know, you're going to have to deny yourself. It's going to take yeah. discipline. You're never going to get to Jesus without self-discipline. Right. You know, we need to get our priorities right. And in Acts chapter 6, the Bible says the apostles, you know, they said, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. You know, these were preachers. That's what their emphasis was. They weren't, oh, we're going to go fishing and, you know, hunting and whatever, you know. They were establishing a church. That's what God had them do. We're going to give ourselves to prayer and to the word of God. And there's nothing wrong with the hobbies. And they were appointing deacons to do, to wait on tables and to give bread to the people. That there's essential. But preachers especially. And we're, we're all to minister. So... Primarily, our, we need to be praying and seeking God and reading His Word. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brother Bob said one time, it takes more planning to establish a prayer line than it takes to build a house. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've never built a house, so I can't really speak experientially. I've helped someone build, but, but I know it takes a lot of forethought and planning. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of resources. It requires a desperate determination to finish it, to accomplish it, to complete it. And you can sum it up with this statement. It's not easy to build a house. Amen. Same way, it's not easy to establish a prayer life. You know, a long time ago, a man started to build a house, but difficulties came into this, this man's life, and at some point, he stopped building. And today, you can go to where he's building, and there's a forest that has grown up around it. If you were to happen by, you probably wouldn't even notice that he ever even built there. Ever even started to build. Because it's all covered over in leaves and roots. I went out there recently, walked over the top of it. I couldn't even, he laid a slab, concrete slab. I couldn't even tell where it was. That's how disappeared it was. You know, you can begin in a prayer life. You can begin to establish a prayer life and leave off because yeah, right. it's difficult or whatever. Come on. That's the way, the way it is with your prayer life. You cease to be active in your prayer. Backsliding is the nature of everyone that ceases to pray. Yeah, you right. cease to pray. You're, you're backsliding. Yeah. And it begins before you know, backsliding in heart. You're backsliding in heart when you cease to desire to pray, cease to want to commune with God. Now I know there's, you've got to choose to. But there needs to be a desire to pray, a desire to get into the presence of God. Right. I mean, Amen. your prayer life can be established, and then you can let it grow cold. And that's the big key, endurance. It's, it's the difficulty. We've got to endure hardness. We've got to endure to the end. Number three, choosing in spite of your feelings. Come on. You know, that's one of the biggest hindrances to establishing a prayer life or praying through is your feelings. You feel like sleeping, or you feel like playing your hobby, whatever it is, talking, you know, whatever, whatever you deal with, right. your feelings, you feel like doing something else. The devil, Come on. I believe the devil can make you feel a certain way, but you're going to defy that. Come on. Amen? Yeah, sure. And you're a product of your choices. You can choose to pray through. Okay. And you're going to give an account for your choices, not your feelings. Amen. This is something we need to be reminded of every day. Right. You know, I believe God 
God wants us to preach that to ourselves. That's right. Every day. And then the only way your need's going to be met is if you touch Jesus. That's what those people saw, and that's what they realized. We can admit this intellectually. We can say well, we agree with this, but it's not enough just to admit it and to agree with it in theory. I mean, you can watch others pray through. You can watch them pray through and touch Jesus and get through to God. But it's not enough for us to see others do that. We've got to have a personal prayer life with God. And then the Bible says in Hebrews, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And then faith believes that God is who He says He is. Faith believes that God will do what He says. Faith thus comes to Him. If you don't believe that God will do it in your life, you can see other people do it. Yeah, I agree with that. But until you actually come to God, you don't really believe. We need need to see that. And last point tonight, and as many as touched him were made whole. That's the main point. As many as touched him were made whole. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I mean, if you touch Jesus, you will be made whole. That's an absolute. I believe that's a physical the spiritual, you will be made whole. So, if you're not whole, you are still spiritually weak and sick. You have not prayed through and touched God. Let's turn that around. If you have are not whole, you've not touched Jesus. Right. And it doesn't matter how much time you spend in an altar or praying tongues. If you're not changed, if you're not changed, you didn't touch Jesus. Jesus. Right. It's the reality. And then when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus, she knew immediately that virtue would come out of him and touched her. She knew that she was healed. Why? Because she touched him. She felt it. She was changed. Her sickness was gone. So if you touch Jesus in the spirit, carnality is going to be gone. You're going to have a renewed mind. Life had flowed out of Jesus' issue. The same with us. If we touch Jesus, we'll be changed. I mean, everyone that came to Jesus in faith was touched and healed. And he never turned anyone away. You know, the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's immutable. He's God. He doesn't change. He's not going to turn you away. If you come to him, he will, if you reach out and touch him, he will be faithful to touch you. Amen. Tonight, I just want to sing this chorus. I don't know the verses, but anyways. Reach out and touch, oh, the Lord, as he stands by. You're going to find he's never too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's standing by right this moment, every need will supply. So reach out and touch, oh, the Lord, as he stands by. Amen. Thank you very much. Amen. truth. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, we hear this all.
all the time preach from this pulpit, and I think there can be a tendency to take it for granted. What God is saying to us. So that's the answer. The answer is to be in the presence of God. You know, we were talking to Neil Wesley the other day, and you know, it's been such a blessing on Friday to work with him. Just you know, get the holy amazing life for me. One of the things that God has really seen opened my eyes to is, you know, the fact that, you know, we're not, as a child of God, we're not, I'm not living for Him. Not, you know, I, I'm, we're, I'm getting out of it. Or we're going to be living in the new world. Whatever, however it's going to end. I'm, we're getting out of this world. Amen? Amen. And we're to be conformed to the image of Christ. Right. And so as a child of God, God, and I know this is preached all the time, but it's just, when you begin to see God, He makes it real to you how you're being put in these situations all the time where you recognize your shortcomings, where you see, or you should recognize, and you fall short in this area. And I'm not necessarily saying sin. I'm talking about areas of life where you need to be conformed and brought up and grow up in the image of Christ. And what happens is, most of the time, most people, and, and this is what God's been dealing with me about, is most people at some point in their life, maybe some, go so far in Jesus, and they let God deal with them on most things. There's some people who let who 99% of it, they let God deal with. But the, where people fail and where everyone falls short is where they begin to focus on even the shortcomings. You know, well, I'm in debt. I'm, it's this. It's that. It's, it's I'm fat and I need to lose weight. Or I need to you know, do better with my finances. And maybe it's all that. But really, that's not the issue. The issue is if you'll get in the presence of God, yeah. he'll deal with you. He can clear everything up. You know, oh, if I could just get married, or if I could just have this job, and I and I, if I could get a plan, or if I wasn't working for daddy, or if I was, whatever the lies the devil may tell you, if you just get in the presence of God, right. you find out that this, this is not, this, yeah. it's never been the issue, I'm the issue, I need to be crucified with Christ, yeah. self-identify with him on the cross, and when I die, and I identify with Jesus, and I'm truly crucified, and Jesus begins to live through me, everything in front of me will melt as God makes a way for me to do the will of God. Yes. And I think that as young men, that's probably one of the biggest challenges, is to get, and you think, well, you know, I know as single young men, obviously the devil is constantly going to, well, you need to get a house, you need to have a job, you need to be ready for marriage. And I'm not saying that God couldn't be dealing with you about those things, amen? But if it's preoccupying your mind, then you're not focused on Jesus. You're right. getting focused on the wrong. The devil's stealing time from you. Right. And it doesn't stop us from doing that. The devil did. Oh, we need to spend time with your family. And all these things that you think the temptations of lawful pursuits will uh, wane as you get married or as you go on in life, no. They're just going to get more and more tempting around you. Unless you stay in the presence of Jesus and yeah. continually keep a check on that self-life. Right. Continually going to the cross and dying and putting a, a, a you know a stop to anything that's not the Lord Jesus and allowing Jesus to have His way in you, then you're going to end up. It's, we're all going to end up wandering into the path of self righteousness, and you can't help but be self righteous about things. That's exactly what it is. That's what I love. I, you know, and again, I know I know I'm saying what we all know, but there's a difference between intellectually knowing these things and then being in the presence of God yeah, and He's making this real to you yeah, in a way sir. that you're like, oh God, help me, I'm blind, I need to see. Yeah, and you know, you get in the presence of God and you realize, like, any time I'm not praying or I'm not seeking God when I should be, it's pride. That's all right. right. 
It's just that it's proud and arrogant and thinking that we're smarter than God. That's all it is. And if we just would trust Him and obey and cling to His Word and allow it to have free course, God wants to do something with us. And I believe that He has a purpose. We were born for such a time as this. Amen? But ultimately, it is through conformity. You know, nothing but Jesus is going to be, you know, in uh, in eternity. Right here. You're not taking all your bad ideas and your your idiosyncrasies and your character flaws into eternity. I'm not saying that when we, you know, I don't know how to explain all that exactly. But it's only going to be Jesus. Amen? You're not, I'm not carrying a bunch of Micahs, whatever y'all, y'all, I'm sure you look at me and you can see some of my flaws. You, yeah, I'm not, that's not going to be, I'm not going to be keeping my things that aren't Jesus. Anything when you be in eternity, and if I died while I didn't get those things right, and I make it by the grace of God, I'm gonna be ashamed of it. Right. Wish that I would have been like uh, A.W. Tozer said, maybe a pauper. Being happy, being realized, oh, we wasted so much time chasing the frivolous things of life. I know we have to do, we have to work, we have to, we have families, whatever it may be. But let's make sure. We're Right along the line, God's hand, and um, just holding back this preaching text that God told us this morning or yesterday morning, I want to be in prayer. Just about pressing in and seeking God. Uh, so we can be down with Him. We can walk down with Him. Amen. Yeah. I want to be more prayerful. God, we just thank you, Lord, for who you are, God. Yes. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus, God, that we have access to the throne of God yes. by that blood, Lord. And, Lord, that you ever live to make intercession for us, God. Yes. We thank you for your grace, God, manifested to us, God, yes. that we can, oh God, overcome, Lord, every yes. obstacle, God, that you are the victor, God, that you overcame, thank you. oh God, the world, Lord. And because you overcame the world, God, your life in us, oh God, can overcome. God, we ask you that we would not go from this place, God, unchanged and unmoved and unaffected, God. Yes. That the word of God would find good ground in our hearts, Lord, that we would seek your face and live. 